No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David places the ark in a tent and establishes worship in Jerusalem. He appoints musicians and writes a special song of thanksgiving for the occasion. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 on Simply the Bible. What do you do when you really want to celebrate? Do a happy dance? Invite friends over. Well, if you're David, you would write a song. David and the people of Israel successfully brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. The very presence of the Lord was now with them in their city. And as David entered the city, he danced with all his might before the Lord. Now it was time to establish worship. We continue in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. So they brought the Ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. David was just overjoyed to be able to bring the Lord to himself by bringing the ark there into Jerusalem. This makes me think, how much do we really celebrate the privilege that we have in having God so near? Because of the blood of Jesus, we can enter any time we want to the throne of grace. We can come boldly. We have been given that spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. And I can come in whenever I want and receive mercy and help from God. And you can too if you're trusting in Jesus Christ. What a great privilege to have the Lord so near to us. And do we rejoice in that privilege? David was rejoicing simply because the Ark of the Covenant was now close to him. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So the two kinds of offerings here that David offered, the first being the burnt offering, which was the offering of consecration where the entire animal was placed upon the altar. And this pictures the offering of Jesus, his entire body given up to God, given up to us on the cross for our sins. The second offering was the peace offerings, and these are also known as fellowship offerings. And in those offerings, there would be a portion that was given to God, burned on the altar, a portion given to the priest, and a portion given to the person who was making the offering. And this speaks of the fellowship that we have with God. Again, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have peace with God. We have fellowship with him. Now, after this, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and then he distributed food to them. You know, all of our blessings that we receive from God come as a result of what Christ has done for us. We have received the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ himself. We have received the meat of the word and the fruit of the spirit. But all of these things come because of the offering that Jesus made in giving himself for us. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate 
to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him, Zechariah, then Jael, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Beniah, and Obed-Edom, Jehiel with stringed instruments and harps, but Asaph made music with cymbals. Beniah and Jehaziel, the priests, regularly blew the trumpets before the Ark of the Covenant of God. As David established this worship, he envisioned a continual worship, and so he assigned these musicians and singers to regular places so that they could be continually offering worship before the Lord. This would be their occupation there before the Ark of the Covenant. And it says that they were there to commemorate, that is to remember the works of God, just continually bringing forth before the Lord and before the people all the marvelous works that God had done. When it comes to remembering God, what do we wake up thinking about? What's the last thing to go through our minds before we go to bed at night? When you wake up in the middle of the night, are you thinking about the Lord? And what's your meditation throughout the day? Is Jesus on our mind? How much do we include God in our daily plans and activities? Do we remember to give him thanks for the prayers that he's answered? God wants us to have continual fellowship with him. He wants us to remember him. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. To this we could add that it is good for us to remember the works God has done in our lives, perhaps even to journal them. These will encourage you on your down days and give you good praying material with which to give God thanks. The more we remember God's faithfulness, the less our minds will be occupied with ourselves and our circumstances, two things that can make us either anxious or discouraged. Verse 7, On that day David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. For this special occasion, David wrote a song of thanksgiving. Portions of this song are also found in Psalm 105. When David wanted to express his devotion to the Lord, he wrote a psalm. I admire those people who can express their thoughts and emotions through music and words. It seems that this was David's gift to God for all that he had done to establish David as king and to allow David to bring the Ark of the Covenant to himself there in Jerusalem. As the musicians and singers were all assigned now to their duties, David wrote them a new song for this time of dedication and celebration. It is one thing to read the Psalms and be moved and inspired by them. It is something else to pray through them and then do what they say. When a Psalm says, give thanks, then stop and give thanks. When it says, remember the works of the Lord, then stop and recall the things God has done for you. When it says, sing to him, then stop and sing a favorite hymn. This is how we rededicate the Psalms to their original purpose. That is to be vehicles to lead us into worship. How I love it when songwriters put the Psalms to music so that we can sing them. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. 
Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. These are all ways that we can glorify God. You see, we have been made by our Creator to worship Him, and we will never be satisfied until we are fulfilling that purpose. Rejoicing in the Lord glorifies God, and it strengthens us. It's also a great witness to others. Each year, we go up into the mountains for our family camp as a church, and one of my favorite parts is on Sunday morning, we all gather together and we sing songs of worship. And as we're doing that, I'm mindful of the other campers that are around us, you know, listening to these praises of God going forth. And I just think it's a great witness. Verse 12, remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. And so here again, David is saying, remember his marvelous works. Think about it. God's past faithfulness demands our present trust. David said that God's judgments are in all the earth. Now, God is slow to anger and slow to bring judgment. But his judgments are seen everywhere. He brings down proud and ruthless despots. He raises up the humble and faithful ones. He brings both prosperity and famine. We remember his covenant, for he will always act by its terms. If we will do our part, then God will do his part. But we must take time to remember his covenant. And we do that by reading and studying his word. In fact, as we teach through the Bible on this radio program, that's exactly what we're doing. We're remembering his covenant and his word that he has provided for every generation. And just remembering this in faith brings us comfort and encouragement. Verse 16, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance, when you were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. So David speaks here of the covenant God made with Abraham. You'll recall when Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldeans that God said, Go to a land and I will show you where to go. And Abraham went, and God made his covenant with Abraham, which was threefold. God promised to give Abraham the land of Canaan, wherever he could walk, wherever he could look, east, west, north, and south. God said, I will give this to you as your everlasting possession. And then God said that he would make a nation out of Abraham. Now, he was 75 years old when he left Ur, uh, but he had no children at that time. And God said, I'm going to make a nation out of you. And he said, if you could number the stars up in the heavens, then you'll be able to number your descendants. And finally, God said that through you and through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God promised that the Messiah would come through Abraham. Verse 20, when they went from one nation to another, 
and from one kingdom to another people. He permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. So Abraham was able to travel through Canaan. He owned no land, but he went from one kingdom to the next. And you will recall that he told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister because he was afraid that he'd be killed and Pharaoh took her into his harem and God said, you let that woman go. She's another man's wife. And then, of course, Abraham did the same thing with Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. And uh, God said, you're as good as a dead man, Abimelech, because you've got another man's wife. And he was, hey, wait a minute. I didn't know anything about this. He said that she was his sister. And God said, yes, I know that. That's why I didn't let you touch her. But you need to give her back and he will pray for you because he's my anointed one. He's a prophet. And you know, David really took this to heart himself because when God delivered King Saul into his hand, King Saul was trying to kill him. David knew that he was supposed to be the next king, but David refused to lay a hand on Saul because he said, he's the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to touch him. God will take care of him. And that's a good thing for all of us to remember. God is going to take care of his anointed ones. We should not touch them or lift our tongues up against them, but let God deal with them. And so we'll end it there today. We're about halfway through David's song of thanksgiving, but I'd encourage you just to take this psalm and other psalms uh, to heart and pray through them and, and just make them your own. Let it be the springboard for your own personal worship. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where David concludes his song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Then he appoints continual worship before the Ark of the Covenant. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.